nugget. Persistent people. Persistent people begin their success Persistent people begin their success where others, I know you like this, <laughs> pause. Persistent people begin their success where others end in failure. Okay. Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks as we look to your word, Father God. We will gain greater, greater revelation, Father God, and understanding. And Father God, I thank you, Lord, that we can put into practice, Father God, that which we hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we're talking a prayer about prayer. Um, Prayer was uh, the kickoff last week, last Sunday, so we will follow through on it. Prayer is the essential element to Christian growth and is the intimate time spent with God and fellowship. Prayer becomes your source to embody the principles of godly character into your life. As we learned, prayer becomes a priority to a healthy church or should be a priority to a healthy church. So uh, that's a heavy thought. Okay, Turn with me now to the book of Matthew chapter 21. And we will see what Jesus says. Matthew chapter 21, looking at verse 13. And Jesus said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer. And we don't want to read the latter part of that, but we should. But ye have made it a den of thieves. Once more. It is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer. The value and importance of prayer concerning or coming from the house of God cannot be overemphasized or underrated. Corporate prayer ideally becomes the power broker in the management of things to come. Uh, let's back up to... Chapter 7 of Matthew. Matthew chapter 7. And this time we will look at verse 7. Matthew 7 and 7. Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. And he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Wow. That's great. Ask, it's given, seek, you'll find, knock and it'll be open. I mean, that's easy. So let's turn to the book of Deuteronomy for a moment. 
Deuteronomy chapter 32. And we're going to see the value of corporate prayer. That's Deuteronomy 32. Looking at verse 30, that's Deuteronomy 32, verse 30. How should one chase a thousand and two put ten thousand to flight? Wow. See, we, there, there's a compound uh, element here. Um, when corporate prayer, I'm, I'm using this in prayer. When corporate prayer is set into motion, um, this is why the church must pray corporately. It becomes a force that's responsible. It becomes effective. It's proficient. And so and begin, begin, begins to become so successful that the gates of hell can't prevail against it. I mean, that's what corporate prayer, when we get into prayer, when we look at, at the New Testament, the, the time that they came together in corporate prayer, nothing stopped them. Wow. So the gates of hell can't prevail when we pray together. Oh boy. This is why it is a must that we pray in these last days to come together in corporate prayer. To halt the powers of darkness. Amen. In people's lives, in the affairs of our government, and the morals and values of our country. We can change this thing tonight. Tomorrow. If we're willing to pray corporately. Uh-oh. That's the hard part, huh? Revival will only come when corporate prayer is offered to God. And when God meets his people. So it all comes together. Amen. Now the early church didn't call prayer meetings. The early church was a prayer meeting. In the early church, every believer was praying. Was a praying Christian or believer. I would say that if we took the average church anywhere, you'll find that prayer is lacking. There might be, we know that Grandma Smith is the leading prayer. I mean, she's always, they're saying, she's a nutcase, she's always praying. You know, and nobody else prays. Hello. No great, no great spiritual awakening has ever began anywhere in the world without united prayer. Okay? We need to establish corporate prayer in the church today to, to become effective in God's work. reason we're not doing well Doing God's work is we're not praying corporately. Uh-oh. We just sang a song. 
Come Holy Spirit. Make your presence, presence here known, Lord. Amen. Will God find a church that longs for Him? Cries out to Him? So much so that He moves powerfully to support the work that they're doing. That's heavy. He's waiting to hear from each and every one of us. Okay. Turn with me to the last book of the Bible. The book that John wrote. And find the 8th chapter. That's uh, Revelations chapter 8. Uh, John is up, has been taken, has given a revelation, a vision, or he's actually been taken up there. And he's writing things that uh, are to come to pass, that are taking place. Okay? So let's begin with verse 1 of Revelation chapter 8. And when he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. And when I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets, and another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer, and there was given unto him much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer and filled it with fire of the altar and cast it into the earth. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and earthquakes. Wow! What's the first thing you notice there? Verse 1. And when he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven. Wow. That's astonishing. Because it says forever and ever they're, they're praising God, singing accolades and Hallelujah, holy, holy. But all of a sudden it's dead quiet. Everything is at a standstill. They're gathering prayers. The angel is gathering prayers of God's people. That means this is an instrument of high priority. It's quiet. Everybody's listening. It brought silence and a standstill in heaven for a half hour. The gathering of these prayers. The praises of the angels. 
gave way to silence so that the supplication, listen, that the supplication of the saints, the prayers, were to be heard before the throne room of God. Amen. Silence came, angels were quiet, and now the prayers that were offered to God, everyone can hear them. God wanted everyone to hear the prayers. Amen. Think about it. Then the, then, then the earth saw the results of these prayers going forth. There was, they felt thunderings, lightnings, and earthquakes. Prayer sets things into motion. Your prayers sets things into motion. What else did it say? Oh, boy. Oh, I'm in chapter, we're going to be chapter 8. No one I'm not there. Okay. Couldn't find it. Okay, let's go to verse 3. Another angel stood, came and stood and at the altar, having a golden censer, and there was given unto him much incense that it should offer it with prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar that was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended before God, uh, the angel's hands. Verse 5, and the angel took the censer and filled it with fire of the altar. Fire came out of the altar on which the prayers of the saints have been offered. The power of prayer was set ablaze by the fire of God. To be released upon the earth. That means your prayer has a fire of God upon it. And look what happened. All that thundering and lightning. Wow. Again, the power of, power of, play, of prayer was set up blazed by the fire of God to be released on the earth. What's your, your prayer is being released with the fire of God upon it. Our prayers will change history in more than one way, perhaps, than we will recognize. When we come into unity in prayer, we can change this nation. The body of Christ can change this nation if churches would come or each, each church would come together and have corporate prayer and believe and pray. Things will change. 
we get, you know, we, we, our country's on a slippery slope. We have to pray. Let's now turn to, let's go uh, to one of the Gospels. Let's go to the uh, Gospel of Luke and find the 18th chapter this time. That's Luke chapter 18. Again, Jesus is speaking. Verse 1. That's Luke 18, 1. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not faint. One more time. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought how often? How much? Always to pray and not faint. It's a simple fact that we have to find, make time. Not find time. We have to make time for prayer. Always. We have to make time for prayer. If we believe God's word is true, why do we find it so difficult to make time for prayer? Hello out there. Prayer is supposed to be a priority in our lives and in the church. Okay. If you're looking for a title, I, I, I titled this one, Priority Prayer. Priority Prayer. Why, why, why is something so foundational and established that Jesus said it, the apostles followed it, the early church did it, and now it's being so neglected by churches today. Now, we're going to look at possibly five reasons we have failed to pray. Boy, we will get out of here early. Oh, no, maybe we not. We'll pray. Some of you pray, 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 so we get out here early. No. <laughs> Number one, we do not see prayer as relational. Not, we do not see prayer as being relational. We live our lives with God on the surface. You know, I attend church and I give my tithes. But we don't make a commitment with God And priorities don't break forth. Okay? Now, let's go to a familiar... We, we go to this book quite often. Let's go to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29. Jeremiah, chapter 29. We know what... Verse 11 says, but look what verse 13 says. Jeremiah 29, 13. And, and ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. Until we make time for fellowship with God, making it a priority that we focus, our, focus and put our energies 
to seeking God, we fail to search for God and His heart. Okay, that's number one. We don't have a good relationship with God. We need to have that good relationship with God. Number two. Reason number two. We tolerate sin in our lives. We tolerate sin in our lives. Oh, it's just a little white lie. You know, just kind of stretched out. You know, it says all liars go to hell. That's, that's not a stretch of imagination. That's a fact. Okay? Sin's deadening, sin has a deadening effect on our lives. It camouflages the truth from us. Since we're in the Old Testament, I want us to go all the way back to the book of Judges. The book of Judges, chapter 16. The book of Judges, chapter 16. Sin has a deadening effect in our lives, okay? You and I may be like in this chapter, it's talking about Samson. Okay? And a lot of Christians, I think a lot of Christians fall into this category. We tolerate sin in our life. In Judges chapter 16, look at verse 20. And he said, and she said, Delilah, the Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke up out of his sleep and said, I will go out as other times before and shake off myself. The disappointment was, and he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. Christians go to church, do all their things, thinking they're doing great and mighty things, but they allow sin in their life, and when we allow sin in our life, we put God aside, or God puts us aside. Hello. Samson did not know that the Lord had departed from, from him. We all do our religious, quote, things, but our focus is no longer on God or the things of God. Uh-oh. Let's now turn to the book of uh, Isaiah chapter 59. That's Isaiah chapter 59. In Isaiah chapter 59, we're going to see something here. Isaiah chapter 59, beginning verse 1. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that he cannot save, neither is his ear heavy, that he cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Wow. For your hands are defiled with blood and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue hath murmured perverseness. That is heavy. When we tolerate sin in our life, sin will pervert and destroy your faith. 
so that you will begin to live a lie. You will begin to live a lie. I think that's a category that many Christians fall into. The big lie is, oh, God understands. He knows where I'm at. We have become fools when we say that. He has told us the path to walk, the choices to make, but we reject him because of our fleshly desires or pleasures. Sure quiet out there this morning. Okay, moving on. Don't want to get, get stuck in that boat, do we? We don't want to, again, we do not uh, see prayer as re relational. Two, we tolerate sin in our lives. Number three, let's turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, and we want to look at verse 18. It's something that Jesus already said. Verse 18, praying always. Can't get away from it, can we? Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplications for all the saints. Wow. Prayer forms a line of protection. Prayer forms a line of protection when we have it, when we're doing it. If we neglect this armament, because we're talking about the armor of God here, if we, if we neglect this prayer um, persistently, the enemy will find a quick way to exploit that area in your life. And when he finds and exploit, exploits that area uh, in your armor, it brings about disappointment. Why, Lord, did this happen? It brings about disasters. How come? It brings about destruction. I would never have believed. And dismay into your life. Oh, it's over. Why? Because we're not praying. Spiritual prayer and spiritual warfare is something we overlook. We need to pray. Again, how often? It says always. Jesus said we ought to pray always and faint not. Here we're told again, pray always. And oh, okay. Shall we go into another one before we my toes are getting sore? Okay, number four. Other things are more important than prayer. Other things are more important to prayer. And here we go. Are you ready? Listen to these excuses. You have to understand that I live a busy life. I have things to do. 
meetings to make, obligations to fulfill. And my time is valuable and precious. I must focus on the things that really matter. Oh, wow. Okay. Let's look at it that way. What advantages is it to you if you fulfill all those things and then you stand before God empty-handed and you won't have an excuse? So, other things are more important than God or prayer. Okay. Uh, I'm not saying uh, quit your job or change your job, but I'm saying keep your priorities in proper perspective. God should always be put first. Okay? Okay. Let's go back to the book of Luke one more time. Find the book of Luke. And this time we want to go to the 10th chapter. That's Luke chapter 10. What does Jesus say about these things? Would you like to know? Okay. Luke chapter 2. Uh, pardon me, 10. Luke chapter 10. Let's go to verse 41. Look at verse 41 and verse 42. He's talking to Martha. Remember what she was doing? Oh, my sister's not helping me. I'm doing all the work. I've got these priorities. I want to fix you a good meal. Okay? Luke 10, verse 41. And Jesus said, and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. All these priorities you've got. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen the good part that shall not be taken away from her. Well, you say that's not talking about prayer, but it is. We're talking about prayer. Here, this, same, this, is, this, this would be the same attitude that Jesus says. He said, I want you to always pray. And you, well, I've got, I got all these other things to do. Martha says, I got all these other things to do. But Jesus said, you need to follow through on what is important because it's going to carry you through, through life, not just, you know, it's going to give you the success in life, okay? And of course, we know in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. So if we do it God's way, the other things will be added. You'll be able... For some reason, if you put God... Some wild reason. When you put God's things first, and you do that, all those other things will be able to just roll off. You'll be able to get them real quick. I mean, instead of struggling for an answer, it comes. You don't have to say, all right, everybody gather around. We got we to have a, 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 a meeting to find out what's going on. No, you'll be able to pick it up because you put God's things first. He's going to say, okay, I know you, you're, you've got a busy schedule, so I'm going to fix it that your busy schedule will be smooth. Even with detours and interruptions, He'll be able to take it. You know, something comes up. Oh, I can't do this. They just didn't take one hour of my time and I'm supposed to be doing this. God says, don't worry. I'll make up an hour's time within a second or two because I'll give you the, the answer or the proper uh, schedule. 
or I'll, I'll, I'll give you somebody that will be able to do it and you won't have to do it. Hello. Okay. We've looked at prayer must be rational, uh, uh, relational. We uh, tolerate, number two, we tolerate sin in our lives. Three, prayer and spiritual warfare is something that we overlook. Number four, other things are more important than prayer. Number five, are you ready? Number five. I can handle these things in my life. This is the underlying root for all our problems. Arrogance and, and being self-sufficient. We are so presumptuous and so, and so self-centered that we can try everything in our own strength using our own imagination and our education trying to get our own way to get things done. And we forget about God. Hello. Okay. Now let's turn to the book of James chapter 4 for a moment. James chapter 4. Now let's go to verse, begin in verse 1. James chapter 4 verse 1. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lusts, that war in your members? Wow. Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have, and cannot obtain, ye fight and war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that it may consume it upon your lust. Wow. We can't, Miss this important factor. We, again, we ask not or we ask amiss. Okay? Old Testament, one more time. And we're about done. Boy, we talk about, well, we got something to go yet. Let's find the book of uh, Second Chronicles. That's Second Chronicles. And find the 16th chapter. That's 2 Chronicles chapter 16. Give you a moment. 2 Chronicles chapter 16. Looking at verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect towards him. Therein, he has, therein thou hast done foolishly. Therefore, from henceforth thou shalt have wars. Lord, if we are searching God, we have the blessings. Amen. Is our heart towards him? Will anyone call upon God in prayer? Will anyone seek God with their whole heart? This is the thing about prayer. Now, we're just about to end, but there is a song 
that was written in 1855. A song written in 1855. You know, so what some of these songs, you know, Pastor Dave, you got some of the craziest things, you know, song-wise. Okay. It was written by Joseph M. Schriever. I don't know. I, I, maybe I didn't write it right. Okay. It goes. And some of you may have heard this, but listen to the words thoughtfully. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and grief to bear. Listen up. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Okay. Have we temptations, trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Some of you are not even acknowledging it. I think you're, what, what, okay? Are we weak and heavy laden? Clumbered with a load of care, precious Savior, still our refuge. Take it to the Lord in. Well, some of you are catching on. Maybe that's why we're not getting anywhere. None of you, are, you hear it? We're hearers of the word, we're not doers of the word. We need to do it, okay? In his arms he'll take and shield thee. Thou wilt find solace there. Blessed Savior, thou hast promised, thou wilt all our burdens bear. May we ever, Lord, be bringing all to thee in earnest prayer. Soon in glory, bright, unclouded, there will, there will be no need for prayer. Hey, when you get up there, you don't need to pray anymore. Oh, glory to God. Rapture, praises, and endless worship will be our sweetest portion there. Now, that was a good song. That's a good song. Maybe we should sing that nowadays. Maybe we'll, you know, like I said, we, you begin to sing a song and, you, and, and it becomes part of you. Maybe we'll start, I, I don't know, we'll find somebody that can sing and everybody will follow them, all right? 1855. Anything and everything is, po is possible with God if we approach Him with a contrite and broken spirit. We need to humble ourselves, keep, keep leaning on Him instead of leaning on our own understanding. Your future will be determined by this one thing, seeking after the Lord. He rewards those that seek him. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 11. 
that the book of Hebrews, finding chapter 11, verse 6, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is rewarder of them that diligently seek him. A reward of them that diligently seeks him through prayer. Wow. Number six. We have to establish prayer back in our lives and in the church to become effective for God's work. You know. And none of us have more time than another. Each and every one of us has 24 hours. That's what you fill it up with. Okay, let's all stand. Or you want she wants to share, okay? David Ingalls' music means a lot to us because before we went to Rama, we had the kids were at, were sick all the time, not all the time, but just like kids catch things and just different things with us, headaches, things that you know people get. We started playing David Ingalls' music in our house all the time. Sickness flew out the door. Strife flew out the door. There wasn't any. It took, it, it left. I think, the, are you playing the tape for the boys right now? Uh, you took his, their tape? Took tape. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rodney Howard Brown shares when his, he actually sang a song of David Ingalls' songs himself. He has a tape. But when his oldest brother died of cancer, he went into a deep, deep depression, and he said the only thing that pulled him out of that deep, deep depression was he listened to David Ingalls' music day and night. The Word and David Ingalls' music day and night, and of course prayed. But he said he was in such a deep depression over that because being a Word person, knowing what the Word of God says, it was just very, like Pastor said, disappointments and discouragements can cause you to fall a little bit or try to get you down, I challenge each one of you. I know some of you don't like country music, whatever. Forget that. Listen to the words. Put it on in your home. There will definitely be a change in your home. I guarantee it. Demons will be driven out of there. Whatever is there, I don't care. Sickness, disease, whatever, it has to leave. And we've seen it take place in our home for years, we've seen it take place in our animals for years. And so, like he said, like Rodney said, it took him a while. All he could do was listen to these words and let it permeate his spirit. And then he made his own recording and he does have David Ingalls come when he, to his meetings very often. But I just wanted to share that with you. I know it, to some ears it might sound corny, but that prophecy was given to him and it is the truth. And so I'm not uplifting a man, but the man is, I don't know how old. How old is he? 
a lot older than us, and he's still going strong, still singing. <coughs> if you go to Tulsa, when you turn on the Christian station, mainly the songs you'll hear are his music. So I want to give this back to you. I'll just share that. You want me to close it? Yeah. All righty. Praise you, Father. I just challenge you all. Just, you know, you have one tape. I know you have one. Just, just try it. It's worth a try. Father, I just thank you for the word that has gone today. I know that it, it penetrated my heart in many areas where I saw that changes need to be made in the murmuring part. God, I just ask that this week, each one of us rises up to a, a different standard in our prayer life and, and watches, just we watch through our prayer and coming together and praying what you are doing and what you're about to do. I say this country will have and this, this world will have another great revival before Jesus comes. But it's the church that's gonna have to pray this through. And we praise you, Father. What a powerful thing that, that our prayers, just, just heaven stops for a half hour. It's amazing to hear the vial of prayers that are spoken by the saints. And I praise you, God, that this will be the best week every person in this room and at the sound of this tape will have. God, I'm speaking healing, wholeness, soundness, health, restoration, prosperity, and deliverance to people's families and especially to their children. God, your word says that there are things that are impossible with man, but nothing is impossible with you. So God, we send out your word right now to bring forth restoration in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Go with God.